to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Welcome back, everybody. I am Jason Schroeder, and this is part two of how to be resilient in an uncertain world. If you missed part one, uh, I want you to hit it up on YouTube, C3 Church Hepburn Heights, and make sure you check that out. And there you can see more about our illustrious panel uh, and the framework for our discussion, which covered uh, how to navigate the lack of control that so many of us feel, building resilience and dealing with adversity and making meaningful personal change. That's all in part one. We're diving into part two. And here we have Dr. Mandy Sheen, registered teacher and psychologist. We have John Finkeldy, leadership coach and consultant. We have Karen Richardson, who is a specialist physiotherapist. And they are my friends and wonderful people. Our expert panel, here we go. So how do we deal with this ambient anxiety that that seems to linger and just loom out there? How do we try and live calm and minimize fear, etc.? Yeah, so I think just from a practical point of view, we touched on it a bit last time, but absolutely you need to be trying to get into some sort of exercise. So I think... Like you talking just to me? Pretty much you. <laughs> that was personal. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Yes, Karen. Like, like ASAP. <laughs> yes, I know. Tonight. Yeah, t- Today. Push up. Now. Push ups now. now. Hit the floor. Um, but yeah, I think at a at a bare minimum, we should be all trying to do you know at least 150 minutes a week in total. Uh, but you can split that up over over various days, obviously. Okay. Um, Four or five walks a week. Yeah. Would cover that. Definitely. And ideally, I'm winning. You're, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're passing. Um, but yeah, if you can do strength training as well, that really helps. And um, flexibility and balance stuff as we get older. So that's really important. And another really key one is sleep. Yeah. So uh, with the anxiety that you're talking about, uh, you know, you'll see, we probably all do it a lot of the time, is being on our phone late at night. And then we should be aiming for between seven to eight hours sleep a night. Mm. So we should be preparing our rooms for sleep, amongst other things. Um, But definitely we should have that aim to not be on our phone and, you know, calming ourselves down before we go to to bed. How do you prepare your room to sleep? I think having a, a darkened room and you mm. know not too much not too much light and not too much noise can be mm. really handy, um, you know. And the phone thing's pretty key. Mm. Um, but yep. that's some that's just some low hanging fruit that I think it's yep. worth just touching on because a lot of people don't even do that. Mm. A lot of us don't do that all the time. So mm. and yeah, it's interesting because they they don't do it and then they wonder what's wrong with themselves, yep. but they've yep. got really bad habits. Yeah, I, yep. I tell people that I coach and consult with mm. is leave the phone out of your bedroom. Don't take your phone ever into your bedroom. Leave it out, charge it up somewhere else and put it on silent so it doesn't interrupt your night's sleep. And um, it's wow. quite a dramatic impact on people if they yeah. 
even turn it off. It's amazing. Phones actually have an off button. It's quite a remarkable invention. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> I can train people how to turn their Where? phone off. <laughs> <laughs> I find, like, one of the students that called me a few months, a couple months ago, said she's having really poor mental health and I asked her about her diet and she said mm. she was having about eight coffees a day. So anxiety, mm. you know, and so sometimes you've really got to think, am yeah. I looking after myself? And if not, what do I need to do differently? Yeah, and the whole thing about caffeine late in the day definitely rings true. Like, if you're struggling to sleep or go to bed at night and you're having a coffee at, at five, six o'clock in the afternoon, it's not ideal. I committed a great heresy some years ago where I, I switched to most of my coffee drinking being decaf, which, yeah, I know, I, I know I used to kind of say, you know, the, don't take out what the Lord's put in, but <laughs> I found that actually drinking more decaf coffee, I can still have lots of coffee during the day, the taste mm. and the flavour yeah. and the aroma, mm. but I don't get as wired because mm. yeah. I find after about five coffee as I'm buzzing in yeah. here, mm. it doesn't settle down very quickly. Mm. <laughs> I found one of the ways for me of um, dialing down that ambient anxiety and noise is, is actually uh, a couple of habits. One is that I, I operate a habit of a clean desk. Mm. So when I finish the end of the day, I clean my desk off. So when I come into it in the morning, home office, nice. uh, come into it, mm. it's all clean lines. It feels uncluttered. Mm. Yep. And if I have a cluttered desk, it really does me. Now, some people love a cluttered desk. But me personally, it just does my head in. Mm-hmm. Walking into a desk that's got paper everywhere and bits and pieces, I just go, oh. I can't I, think. Yeah, I get anxious right there, mm-hmm. kind yeah, of yeah. rather. If I feel like, um, like even if, if things are hidden away, I get less anxious about them. And kind of getting organised around my world, my life, you know, mm. looking at my structures and my week and my day, I'm a pretty organised sort of person. So the way I'm structured, if everything's too fluid, I feel like, uh, I don't know where I'm going and then I don't feel productive and then the anxiety just grows when yeah. I feel like I'm not being efficient. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I like to think about, um, be careful what I think about. So I, sometimes my mind just takes off and it goes on its own little journey. <laughs> and the thing I've been conscious of the last few months is really to pull it back. And so when mm. it starts to ruminate mm. and go round and round on this mm. thing, that's mm. going to happen and that's going to happen, is I, I am actually in control of my mind mm. yeah. and I need to grab it and pull it back. Just like exercise, I'm exercising my mind. And sometimes when your mind's going round in circles and you're feeling anxious, it's because you need to deal with something. Mm. So I'll sit and I'll journal and I'll think and write it down and go make the phone call. I give a have to, mm. send an email, apologise, and then it stops. But, yeah, being really firm on your mind, you have actual power over your mind and where it goes and what you're thinking about. So that, that could be a big revelation for someone, mm. understanding that they're not captive to their own thoughts. Mm. Correct. And I feel like we, two things, our mind and our feelings drag us around a little bit by mm. the by the collar. It's like, yeah. I feel sad. And so it's like, okay, true. so now my whole life is, you know, mm-hmm. and like, wow. I'm not saying you can't feel sad and not, you can't, you can feel stressed and stuff, mm. but you mm. get a say in it. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it before at church is like, I think about it like a party and who do you invite to the party and some of the thoughts that you allow in. You just let them in free range, like it's like wow. gate crashing, and you're like, come in, welcome, have a drink. Yeah, right. And yet we can say no. And one of the best strategies if you have trouble with that is just to distract yourself. Uh, so put some music on, mm. like go ring a friend, do some knitting. I don't knit, 
But you could. Someone <laughs> might knit, like knitting. Uh, <laughs> no, Karen, you look like a knitter. I do. I knitted. Yeah. The, I knitted this. You knitted this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed, man. That's um, impressive. But I don't want to take it up. Yeah. No, uh, nice. But yeah, and the other thing is to address the language use. So, particularly, like one person I heard a few months ago say, you know, to young people not going to school, it's traumatic for them. And I was like, it's not traumatic. It's disruptive. It's annoying. It's frustrating. Okay. It's a bit challenging, but. <clears throat> There's no one's died. There's no threat here. And Mm. so what I'm seeing is people labelling just everyday challenges, which are annoying and awful, like, you know, cafes closed and things like that, as trauma, and it's not. (laughs) And so sometimes something happens to me and I'm like, oh, that's terrible. And I'm like, actually, it's really not that big a deal. You've just overblown it. So if you tell your mind, this is a really big deal, your body goes into that parasympathetic mode. So it's going into... It's gonna. I'm gonna get it, and so it's mm. gonna solve all your problems by. I remember adrenaline. you. Um, you once posted something. I read a friend of yours about the difference between worry and anxiety. It was really helpful because it kind of like um, some of the things that we call anxiety are just normal worry, mm. which isn't always a bad thing. I mean, you know, mm. don't worry, but we all get a little bit worried about different things. Mm. But worry is kind of part of a process, even a problem solving of coming up with a solution. Mm. Um, but anxiety, I guess, is more debilitating. Is that a kind of yeah. how you define it? So anxiety is like ever present. It's like the, right. you don't actually need an event to be anxious. It's just always with uh, that person. And that okay. person could be sitting at the dinner table and just it comes upon them. Whereas stress is more event related. And once the right. event's gone, the stress is gone. Okay. But if someone's under stress for too long, anxiety can kind of set in because mm. it sort of becomes part of the way the body's operating. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Wow. Fascinating. So, and I, I like that thought. So let's be careful not to, to use like catastrophic language. Mm. Remember mm. that as a high school chaplain uh, where you'd particularly year nine girls, it seemed in, in a couple of years, <laughs> the language was so catastrophic. This friendship group had like exploded and their life was over. The next day, they're friends again. Mm. Uh, but having to, yeah, navigate that, going to that catastrophic place. And we can, as adults, yeah. we can do that with the language mm. we use. I remember my daughter when she was around that sort of 13, 14, you've ruined my life, you know. I was <laughs> never like that. Because you have to go to bed at 10 o'clock, you know, <laughs> so something like that. It's kind of like this language. And now uh, she's finding with uh, her children starting to use similar language. Nice. Grandparents' and revenge. <laughs> we have such a privileged world, like where totally. we live. Oh, we yeah. And so oh, yeah. I think sometimes when difficulties come, into this world it's so cruisy it's like whoa what's that but you know we're not used to Hmm. those sorts of things and they're fairly normal events Mm. yeah yeah okay if if we're thinking about being at our best what's the deal with pain and pain avoidance let's go there for a second ah okay so (laughs) i look i see a lot of patients in pain um some of it's mild some of it's is catastrophic and debilitating and there can be all sorts of causes sometimes it just completely comes on on its own sometimes there's an there's an incident uh and then in terms of as a therapist when you're working with the patient in pain and maybe you can comment as i go mandy but uh it can just be sometimes a couple of quick things and someone Mm. who's had pain for a long time can can change how they move and their pain's gone wow um other times they're pushing through pain when they probably could just like pull back, uh, 
and th- they could be doing themselves more harm, i.e. like if they've got a stress fracture in their foot and they keep running, <laughs> it's probably not going to heal. <laughs> um, and then there's other times where I guess people are in really, if they don't get it sorted sooner, they're going to do themselves long-term damage. Um, and so they need someone to, to fix them. Mm. I guess the, the thing with pain that's so interesting and we've touched on it a bit is our, our, our culture really wants to be almost separate from it. And we want this like perfect life, but uh, pain, pain avoidance is one of my great gifts. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. But but really, you, it's healthy to have pain, and it's very protective for yeah. our body. And so, it's if, amazing. yeah, it's it's a great design, and hmm. uh, you you should expect a degree of pain through your life, and it can be um, a really good you know. Um, protective thing against harm so if you mm. have genetic insensitivity to pain mm. and you go and, and touch a hot element you don't know mm. you could okay. da- wow. you know, burn your finger damage it can get infected and you wouldn't know so pain is my friend pain is your friend oh, often man. and even sometimes like we will see patients and uh you, you it's not that we're sadistic or anything as, as physiotherapists <laughs> but you actually have to cause an exercise or some treatment technique that's painful for the person mm. but short term and yes. they get better. Mm. And so the things that they want to avoid, uh, you know, can actually help them. Yeah. Um, so there's all sorts of presentations you can have of pain, very complex. Uh, this is from a physiological point of view. Mm. Um, but I would say that it's not always necessarily bad. M- the majority of cases that I would see in, in the general population are, you know, mild. And you can get over them. Um, mm. And very rarely are they sinister cancer fracture, mm. um, something that, that needs urgent attention. And yeah, so I think that's. Mm. So when I run, it's painful. Should I stop? Uh, <laughs> do you mean painful psychologically? Or? <laughs> Probably the way I run. Yeah. <laughs> this is turning into a free consult. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah I've got this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I have found every time I've visited the physio, there is pain involved, but it's healthy pain and yeah. I've seen you and and typically you've got me to do the thing that hurts and gone that and in my cases the thing that I've been doing that has hurt hasn't been dangerous and so you need to engage with the pain mm, and then yep. have mm. exercises that strengthen around it mm, yeah uh, and then you engage in a process of yep. strengthening which is painful yeah uh, because you're having to mm. be intentional. Yes. Uh, but, mm. yeah, some, some other thoughts. Yeah, so psychologically, it's exactly the same thing. Yep. Like, we actually... So, so you're, you're both telling me that pain avoidance is not yeah. a great <laughs> philosophy of no. life. I need to let that go. Yeah, you need to... Oh, but I've reached epic ninja level of pain <laughs> avoidance. I'm at a high level of avoiding pain. <laughs> Maybe because I'm older, maybe that might be it. But. You're not Possibly. Okay. You, are, you are joking. I'm getting, I'm getting schooled here. <laughs> uh, it's like a flag. So, like, I feel sad, like emotional pain. And so that sadness gets me to act and to mm. do something. Mm. And the same principle, if you avoid, so it's like, say you've got a limp and so you favour mm. this leg, you end up doing damage to that leg too. Mm. And so when you have psychological pain and you're upset with something and you try to cover it and hide it and stuff it in your backpack, Mm. you actually create more problems for yourself because, again, you're acting around Mm. it and you're not being authentic and there's lots of issues with that. So, you know, I think people are very uncomfortable with psychological pain, as you should be, because it's meant to push you to act. Mm -hmm. And so rather than hiding it and stuffing it, think, all right, what is this telling me? And then go and do what you need to do to soothe the pain. 
Mm, so pain is a flag. Yes. Yeah. I think pain's an interesting thing, if I, I'll be a bit more serious now, but um, the I don't enjoy painful events, and whether they're physical or emotional or mental, painful events are enjoyable, but I really do actually enjoy the benefits that flow out of pain. Mm, yeah. Pain actually gives you an authority. Mm. If you've been through something that's mm. deeply painful and difficult and you get out the other side of it, um, you have uh, an authority about you as a person mm. because you've come out the other side. If you've come out, I think, gracious and sweet and yeah, kind. Not bitter. <laughs> yeah, if you come out bitter and murderous, you're probably not going to be, you know, it's not going to give you much authority at all. But I've, I've found that actually one of the incentives to journey through pain is to get out the other side and and that journey then becomes a really a fountain of life to yeah. yourself but also to other people uh, as well. Definitely. So I like the outcomes of pain. It, it'd be nice if we could skip the pain and get the benefits. Mm. No, that's not going to happen. Which is like no. exercising without yeah. exercising. You just yeah. like... Yeah. Yeah. An exercise pill. There are people working on an exercise pill that you take, but it will never work because you always have the side effects of the drug, right? Yeah, people yeah. People will yeah. buy it. No, people will people buy will it. People will be buying it by the truckload. Yeah. Which, so. like everything I've found in my life, that it's worthwhile takes time. And yeah. Yeah. it's hard and there's gold in the depth of yep. the hardness, yep. but you've got to walk through it. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, and I think that's the challenge, isn't it? I think, especially as you're saying, we live in a privileged city, we live in a privileged part of the world, we have an amazing lifestyle here in Perth. And so pain is something that we've, in a lot of ways, kept away from us mm-hmm. by our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then when it turns up, it's kind of... One of the things, the one word that I've used a lot this year is the word sad. I found this entire six months sad. There's a sadness around mm. COVID. I heard a few of uh, pastors putting out online, this is an exciting season. And I said, well, maybe for you, <laughs> but I, I, I am not finding any excitement in this at all. Yeah. And to actually kind of feel that sadness, knowing that out of this pain, some great things will come. You know, yeah. there's, if a death, there's resurrection. Mm. So I've got a great hope about the future, but getting through it is just... Mm painful (laughs) and i think like just practically it is it's okay to get some sort of help like you don't have to feel like it's a cop-out or that you're weak you know to go and get advice and Mm. the best therapists really want to gently grade you back they're not going to just toss you in the deep end (laughs) and you know they really want to help and so i think it's sometimes especially for guys it can be hard to to encounter stuff like that whether it be you know, psychological or physical. Yeah. But it's, it's, you don't have to be ashamed about it. It's, no. it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important for men in the season to actually be quite open with other men. Mm. You know, sometimes you don't always want to share with your wife mm. stuff that you're going through because you might want to not overload her in some ways, but mm. actually to yeah. find another bloke and sit down and say, hey, this mm. is some of the pain I'm going through at the moment. It might yeah. be a business pain, it might be uh, relational pain or physical, but to actually find another bloke and go, you know, I need to be open about this. Yeah. Really yeah. Does make a difference. And also for people to reach out. So for me, I try to contact mm. people and yeah. check on them because people yeah. in pain don't always ask for help. It's true. That is true. Are you okay? Mm. Mm. Wow. And great. Follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Look, some, some great thoughts. And it, it does flow into the, just we are, we are built as people to work together, to be in 
community and that's obviously been strained through parts of mm. the season and certainly in other parts of the world still in ways that we're not experiencing here uh, but I, I love that thought where where we've kind of all said in in some way that reach out mm. Re- reach out and this has come through almost every point mm. there's been someone else involved mm. in part of the strengthening process mm. or or here with pain if there is pain and we're not sure is this a healthy pain I need to push through Mm. or is it a pain that is a flag saying you need to stop something's not right again whether it's emotionally physiologically that there are some incredible people around us we can Mm. reach out to um, be it professionals or or friends or or reach out to us as a church community and and there's there's someone Mm. who can walk with you uh, and help you okay we're gonna take a sideways step for a second and this is probably more predominantly to, to karen and mandy so your your faith in jesus how does this interact uh, with your professional career and your academic pursuits, is are, are there any like is there been ten- tension, friction, loggerheads? Not for me. I think um, the university generally is quite open-minded, and Catholic Ed agrees with Jesus too. So that, <laughs> I find that quite helpful. That's <laughs> good. I did a presentation for them yesterday, and I had verses in there. It was great. Wow. I love Bible that. Bible verses. Yes. Nice. Um, one of the things I found, like through lecturing, obviously I don't talk about God or preach scriptures during my lectures, but um, I have principles of God in who I am and the way I present ideas. Mm, mm. And I'll often have students ask me, are you a Christian, afterwards, and I've never said anything. Mm, mm. So I think even though you're not quoting a scripture, you can be very godly in your world so good. Yeah. and so good. live those values. And actually my whole thesis, all the findings are in Proverbs so if God yeah, could well. have told me that before the full... <laughs> I could have not... Yeah. Just rewrite Proverbs. <laughs> so like the way God teaches to live, there's, there's such good principles that mm. they work just mm. as a good yeah. way of life. Wow. Mm. Yep. So good. Yep. Kieran? Look, I think for me, I probably live a large part of my all of my life really through the lens of who Jesus is. Mm. Um, I think me and Mandy can speak to it as scientists that mm. we want to seek the truth and you know, look mm. for evidence. And I think if you haven't investigated Jesus, that's a something that you should do. Mm. Uh, I remember uh, listening to John Lennox, who's a professor of mm. mathematics yeah. and a Christian communicator. And he said, look, it's not like we're taking this blind leap of faith towards <laughs> God. It's, it's actually Christianity has evidence behind it, mm. and you can sift through it wow. and see that the, the weight of the evidence is is for Jesus as God. Mm. Um, so I love that idea of who Jesus is as like the tr- he is the truth. Mm. Um, so that that helps me to pursue truth myself. Um, but just practically, who he, Jesus was. Mm going around healing people mm. that no one else could fix <laughs> you know he was he was going to going to give them hope and wow. i just i just like that about you know yeah. what he what he did and and he would practically feed people and and i, I you know in terms of christianity that's the side that i like you know, actually here's mm. the spiritual principles what can we do to help our, you know our culture mm. yeah. um mm. you know it might not we're, we're certainly not third world but people have issues and you know yeah. we can we can help them yeah and so that's the part of christianity that i kind of connect with yeah um and you know jesus is a, the pretty much the most influential person in human history yeah, totally. so and it's difficult wow. to argue from that 
you know, argue against that. Uh, so, mm. yeah. So is that Jesus um, been bringing healing and strength comfort to people? Is that an inspiration for you? Uh, in not what you do. In not that really. Sort of field? It, it probably more. It was actually shortly after university. I just started looking into more of the mm. historical evidence and, you know, mm. obviously there's the Bible, but all the extra stuff that's not in the Bible from historians. Yep. And you start yep. realizing this guy's legit, he yep. lived. Um, <laughs> yep. And so that probably helps frame a large part of what I do. Mm. Yeah. And then, but I guess it is cool that he healed people. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you nice are to, a healer. It's nice to, I don't like seeing myself as a healer, but that is kind of what you're doing. You right? could change your title if you want. I could. That would be, that would be quite professional. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. No. <laughs> professional no. hands-on healer. Yeah, it doesn't have sounds a, dodgy. Yeah, let's not, um, let's not go there. And I think like when I talk to people about their health mm. is that you have physical, emotional, psychological, but you have spiritual health as well. Definitely. Great. And so I'm quite happy to challenge them on their spiritual health. Mm. Like, you know, mm. you know, what do you believe and how are you doing with that? Because a lot of the time when people come to me, they've got all those other things together, but their life's not together still. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, because they're missing that piece. And yep. so it's a good challenge for people so that good. go reflect on that. Yeah. Even football clubs these days talk about the spiritual leader yeah, of yeah. the club. Yeah. You know, and I'm not sure what they're quite meaning by all that, but some <laughs> level of inspiration mm. maybe. So spirituality in Australia today, I think, is far more embraced mm. in yeah. different ways by people. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think having conversations around their spiritual health and their spiritual life, yeah. I think it's actually helpful for people to awaken them to some thoughts around it. Mm. There's a doorway there, and people have realised that this does matter. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Life mm. is is complex and interwoven, and and okay, we we need to keep moving here, pulling towards a conclusion. Final thoughts on how to be resilient in an uncertain world. One thing I, I haven't mentioned through both sessions that is a habit of mine and been probably have it for over 20 years is uh, intentional reflection times where I'll sit down and do this every couple of months and I'll sit down and basically interrogate myself, um, basically do an audit and just ask myself a whole series of questions and evaluate um, how am I going with my family, my marriage, my spiritual life. Um, You know what, you could kid yourself for all all the time, couldn't you? But what's an interesting thing is I, I jot down my answers. Um, when I do it within a within an app, and so it's fascinating to watch previous answers <laughs> and then go, I didn't do that. <laughs> I better start to Say move oops. on that. <laughs> yeah, so it is a bit of an awakening. So, yeah, I I I, I try to be honest with myself because I I also if I'm not facing some things that I'm failing at, then they're not going to shift. They're not going to change. So um, I have found that probably to be. One of the most personal revolutionary habits that is ingrained in me now. Yeah. And whenever I do it, and if I let it slide and it's three months before I do it, whenever I do it, I go, oh, gee, that was so good. Because mm. it just bumps me back into the right place, mm. aligning with who I am, what I really want to achieve mm. in my life. Mm. Wow. Beautiful. So I recommend that. Sit down, come up with a bundle of questions, just make them up yourself. And every now and again, I'll find another question. Someone will say something and I'll throw it into my little list of questions and then just q and It's nice, find a nice cafe, bit of coffee. Mm. I use up, your sit questions. Sit on a table. I put them in a, <laughs> they're in a table so that I can compare oh, right. answers. Oh, okay. Yeah. What are the questions? Um, pa- around pain avoidance? 
yeah, yeah. yeah. What, that is actually one of the questions: is that what what problem am I avoiding? Um, what yeah. conversation am I avoiding? Uh, what do I want to start doing that I'm not doing? What should I stop mm. doing that I mm. should stop doing? Um, how's my relationship with my friends, um, my family? My, I go through all my relational sort of connections. How healthy are they? Mm. Um, mm. How's my spiritual health? Um, goal achievement is a little bit in there, but not too much. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything it. about obeying your pastor? I try and skip that one. <laughs> uh, some more thoughts. Look, I think really for me, it's the the lifestyle s- stuff. Mm. So, um, I read a paper a couple of years ago that shows just the basic lifestyle things: not smoking, eating well, keeping your weight down, mm. exercising, adds fifteen years to your life. <laughs> wow! It was this massive study. Wow. Um, in in uh, Western society, and so I think you you just have to find a way, some way that it's I guess it's one of these these things that can what what suits you, the type of exercise that you like, mm, yeah. go out and do that, and just try and get it into a, some sort of routine. Um, I think that's that is so so crucial um, as as people in our culture, it. and it yep. really helps with to build resilience and yeah. Uh, and you know, I probably was I was into sports growing up, but was, and then when you start realizing you're not going to be a professional sports person, <laughs> um, and you hit like four fifteen, real, brutal, brutal realization. Probably twelve. <laughs> yeah. um, you, it is it is good to develop those exercise habits, and mm. that's one of the things that I've mm. I think from about eighteen nineteen just got into, and yep. and now I love it, look forward to it, and it, all through COVID was something yeah. uh, I think yeah. probably helped keep me pretty therapeutic mm. and kept kept a balanced. Yeah. Totally. And you were doing F45 with your wife, Mandy, and she <laughs> up until 38 weeks pregnant? Mandy did do high-intensity training up until 39 weeks. Oh. And then recommenced about and two. she looks amazing. She does <laughs> look good. So unfit. She does look good. And she... Uh, is walking re- high-intensity training? <laughs> um, no, you keep, you keep going back to walking. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I like walking. Look, walking's good. Walking's, awesome. walking's pretty good. It's better than sitting. It's better than pretty good. Better than nothing. Than it's, good. it's great. It's better walking. than nothing. <laughs> Okay. I think you just I'm getting the message. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's you know those those simple things. Yeah, just considering that and great, great. Yep, I think building an intentional life. You know, like I want to have friends, then go put the dinner party on. And again, mm. it's hard work. Make the dinner, clean the house. <laughs> you know, I want to be. I want people in my life that are good quality. Then be intentional about that. Go pick them. You know, like. Mm. I'm not here by accident. You know, mm. I, I wow. choose who I hang out with and su- mm. who supports mm. me. But, you know, like you said, the burdens, like I don't think people understand the weight of burden that when you haven't dealt with things in your life, like mm. how much it holds you back. Yeah. And, wow. and I know it's painful and I know it's, it's not things that people want to do, but you really need to put things out and start to sift through your life and start to solve some of the things. I mean, like a few weeks ago, I mended all my buttons, which... Taken me four years. <laughs> but do you know how excited I felt? I felt so excited. Did you have a lot of broken buttons? Yeah, because I talked about the last time four years sure. ago. But it's that sense of um, release. Like when yeah. things get solved, when you make the phone call, make the right. apology. Yeah, you, yeah true. Yep. Yeah, it's like it just lifts off you and, it, and you don't understand the weight that's on you. Wow. So that's your backpack analogy. Those are little things and big things yeah, that so you're you carrying. Pull them out. Pull. Put them on the table with a trusted person or a therapist. You know, if it's big, 
you know, mm. get a therapist. Mm. There's some really great people. Mm. But it's also the bucket gut thought, sort of thought is that, you know, you need to fill your life too. And, like, I see mm. people that go, well, this is just who I am. And I'm like, no, it's not. Mm. I said, this is who you are today. Mm. And like you yeah. said, and mm. you said with your depression, mm. tomorrow can be very different. Yeah. But you must do something different today for tomorrow to be different. Yeah, and so good. don't be a victim. Take responsibility for your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. I, I heard the, the concept, so I am not Jason, I do Jasoning. <laughs> so created a framework for who Jason is that <laughs> I live out. Mm-hmm. And that can be reshaped mm. and reframed. And ultimately, mm. it should be as mm. we walk through totally. life. Mm. Yep. <clears throat> we should be learning and growing and developing. Well, we, we do. Um, mm. Or we'd still look like toddlers. When I worked for John at this church, um, he gave me a leadership quiz and I got like three out of 50. And he's like, <laughs> you cheated. And I was like, I didn't cheat. I said, that's how I see myself. And it's like, okay, so how do you challenge that? Because you want to live differently, mm-hmm. you've got to get yeah. a different view, and that's where mm. the friends and the yeah. other yeah. people also come in. A yeah. bigger, better, more resilient, mm. more refined, yep. fitter, you know, whatever word you want to add into there, yeah. that's, uh, that's part of the journey for us. So we're going to have to have to wrap things together here. I want to thank you so much for your time. I want to thank our incredible panel. And I, I want to say to each and every one of us that you were born for such a time as this. And there is more in you than what you know, more more greatness and more goodness to share with this world. And so if you've been a, a part of these discussions and you're in a, a flat place in life, then I want you to hear the hope that we hope has been resonating in these conversations. Uh, and otherwise, if you can, you can take and, and uh, some little, little tweaks to help us, then again, uh, we are cheering you on. And I hope again, if you're, if you're newer to this, this church framework, uh, we hope that you can hear God's heart cheering you on and, and ultimately calling you close. So let's, let's finish. Uh, let me finish in prayer here. Uh, God, I, I thank you that you are love. And so I ask that your love would be so real for us. Lord, I thank you that you are strength. And so would you envelop us in your strength? Lord, we thank you that you are ultimate wisdom. And so we allow you to let your wisdom guide us. And Lord, we thank you that that you are grace. And so let your grace be in our lives, Lord, where we could extend it to ourselves and to others. Uh, And we thank you, Jesus, that you give life to the full. And so we want to step in to the victory that Jesus, that you earned with your your life, your death and your resurrection. And so we we thank you for who you are and for all you've given us. And so we want to dive into this precious gift of life. In your name. Amen. 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 Man, so again, if, if we can help you in any way, feel free to head to our website, c3hh.com.au, and there are some simple links there if we can journey with you. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, then, then feel free, c3hh.com.au. And also want to let you know, coming up, we have a new series starting next week, and it is called three weeks to slightly better relationships. <laughs> That's right. Three weeks to slightly better relationships. Uh, it's going to be really helpful uh, as has this. So thank you again 
Thank you. Thank you. Incredible friends Thank you. here. God bless you, good people. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.